This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. All right, boys, we're rolling. Joe's drinking something September 10th, 2017. Tragedy. Hurricane Irma destroying everything in his path. Florida in utter devastation. That was pretty good. Sounded like War of the Worlds. (laughs) Sounded very professional. Florida. Now, remember uh, you used to do the imitation of the boxing announcer? Yeah. That's the the kind of voice you should use for that, yeah. Marciano on the ropes. That's, That's a great voice. But, yeah, right now, September 10th. Texas got battered, and currently it's uh, it went through the Bahamas, destroyed a lot of spots. Now it's in Florida. Destroyed an island I never even heard of called Barbuda. That's crazy. Never heard of it, but it's fucking gone. It's too late to hear of it now. You'll never see it. Yeah, they told the people, don't bother. If you left, don't bother coming back. Yeah, uninhabitable. Imagine 95% that. of vegetation gone. Imagine just your stuff, though, like... Yeah, I saw I saw one video and it was like a, a probably a four or five uh, story apartment building collapsing right into the water. Jesus Christ! So man. I'm thinking, you know, every family that lives in it, I don't think any people were in there, but all their stuff. Ah, it's gone. You know it's lifetimes of uh, memories, photo albums, and people get attached to stuff. I mean, that's like yeah, it's a big deal. It's terrible. I mean, if you're on an island, you don't really you don't have the option like we do in the continental United States of like yeah. you know evacuating head west head you, north you can maybe hop on an airplane if you got some loot but chances are everybody on the island can't get on an airplane on an island like that you're no more than 20-30 minutes from the beach at all times yeah like whatever direction some island like Cuba you might be 30 or 40 minutes from the but you're it's that's what not it that is big where are you gonna place. like yeah, yeah, not that big evacuate of a place. where on, on a boat in the ocean like where are you gonna go maybe a submarine you'd be good but it's bad times, man. Then there were they. They said there was tornadoes in uh, Florida yeah. just today. Just today. I've seen some insane tornado videos. Yeah, insane, man. F- uh, er- huge earthquake in Mexico. Forest fires, California, and I think uh, Nevada. Yeah, unbelievable, terrifying friends. shit going on in the world. Unbelievable. I and feel uh, I feel lucky that we're. In Pennsylvania, maybe next a Histo- couple days. Historically, we don't get a lot of natural disasters. I mean, knock on wood, anything could happen. But uh, did you ever see the pictures of Stroudsburg during the Great Flood? Yeah, in like the '53 yes. or something, right? Do you ever see that, Chris? I did. It's crazy. Pretty wild. We live in an area called Stroudsburg. All right, don't you dare try to track us down and kill us, because we're always ready. Strongburg. Anyway, back in I think in the '50s, this place was devastated. Like. You know, my family, no, none of our families were around back then, but, you know, we live in this area now, so we see the pictures, but what the hell happened? Maybe, oh, did something break, like a dam break or something? Uh, I don't know, but I know that they built very strong uh, levees and dikes after that. Wow. Yeah, it was insane. So the whole, if if you drive between East Stroudsburg and Stroudsburg, there's a creek called Broadhead Creek, and now there's very tall dikes, probably... What would you say, Chris? Like 20, 
25 about 25 probably like 25 feet. Feet. evan always uh, walk his goofy dog on that thing well, <laughs> i don't know we got them up in by holly as well they have they you know they channelized it and in scranton too like if you go to oliphant scranton they have uh the, the flood they have a flood gate and it's just like an embankment same thing 25 foot they got destroyed up there. trump too. said if you guys don't start paying your fair share he's gonna open the gate jesus so anyway you got all that natural disasters tragedy then you got tomorrow the anniversary of 9-11 the great terrorist attack where Probably 19 the hijackers tragedy we've ever lived through Oh, on our easy. soil, for sure. But uh, I would say that's probably the most devastating thing we've ever. Easy. Oh yeah, for real, man. Witness to. No Am doubt. I not thinking of something? What else would even be close? I don't know. I'm just saying possibly because I, I forget shit sometimes. But yeah, in in recent memory, that's uh, now to us. We remember like the back of our hand. But you have a kid that didn't even exist during 9/11. Well, it's funny because on the way here today, he said. He goes, it would be kind of cool if like some crazy thing happened. And then when you're old, you say, oh, I remember when this thing happened. And I was like, well, it depends what it is. Because, yeah. I, and I said that specifically, I was like, 9-11, I, I wish I was old and didn't have to say that I remember 9-11. Yeah. Like that was a horrible fucking, horrible day. Horrible, horrible That day. was like old timers we know. You know what my mom used to always talk about? The jfk assassination oh yeah yeah that's a yeah, big right. one she would always i knew exactly where i was i was here and everybody was doing this crying blah, 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 blah. and then she's probably thinking like me like oh this dude don't even he wasn't even around when this mm-hmm. guy got clipped but yeah like kids now that are we are intelligent people human beings we can have conversations with they didn't even exist during 9 11 yeah that's well, crazy it's, to yeah, think it's about crazy it. because it seems like it was I remember every detail of that day. Yeah, uh, me it, too. And it was so, it seems more recent than my son even being born. Yeah. Like, it, it seems more recent than that, even. It's very clear, even in bad memory, people like me and you. We remember the towers being there. The towers coming down, destroyed. Construction starting. The place being rebuilt back to the top. Opening up the uh, memorial area, like all, it's all you know. Getting old, man. But we were there for every phase of it. You were there for every single phase of yeah. it, including the the. the and you know what? A couple days ago, I had to work at. You know, I'm off and on in the Freedom Tower, and a couple days ago, when they told me to go there, I was having like flashbacks. Yeah, I kept really? on thinking about it, I'm like, because I go there all the time and don't think about it at all. But this one time, the night before, they said, oh, no, go to this job now. All right. You know, I've got a gang box there, everything set up. Then I started thinking. I was having like, I was like, wow, geez. I'm like, why am I having flashbacks? Is that like an omen that I shouldn't go? You know, you think stuff like that. But, of course, nothing happened. So let's let's go through that day, man. Let's go through that day because the people. We probably did. I think a lot of people. No, nah, I don't think we ever did this, man, like in detail. Well, one thing, that day correlates with the birth of the band yes wisdom and chains do you know that chris yeah the yeah. morning of of september 11th 2001 our good friend martin martin zeben from uh holland was flying into jfk and he was going to come record the first wisdom and chains record i don't even know if we had a name for the band at that time. i don't i think he might have martin proposed the band 
and he mentioned it one time to me that he has this old school band. He wants to start an old school band. He kept on saying he was in a band called Daredevil. We had a band called Crutch. He wanted to start an old school band, and he talked to Aaron from Death Threat to sing. And Aaron is a kind of a crazy guy. Oh, I guess he backed out. He flaked out. What are you going to do? Aaron's nuts. So I said, you know, my man Joe's got the killer voice. Yeah, yeah. That's how I said that. <laughs> oh, That's exactly how my. Yeah, really? Yeah. Killer voice? Yeah. Sing, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yo, so he flew in to New York. The morning of September 11th. He probably landed at like 7.30. Yes. Something like that. 7.30. I was I was in New York because I was working. He, though, he managed to get to our house in Pennsylvania where I lived with Joe and I lived with the drummer Sean Battle and uh, some other people at the time. Maybe Sean Bilo from No Retreat. Was I think there. Bilo, was, Bilo there, yeah. was there. A lot of guys. But uh, he managed to get out of New York and to Pennsylvania before anything broke out. But his luggage didn't make it, remember? Yeah. His luggage got lost. That day, I'm working at right by Washington Square Park, uh, LaGuardia Street, two new buildings for the university. Looking straight, my view. As soon as I got off the subway that morning, I looked to the right, and I saw the World Trade Centers. Clear, crystal clear, beautiful day. The night before was Monday, Monday night football. So I was up late watching that. I don't know who played, though. I don't have that kind Steelers. of Steelers. Yeah? Definitely. Okay. That'll come into play later in that the story. That makes sense. I looked. I remember looking at the, the towers. Didn't think nothing of it. The subway comes out right next to a Grace Papaya hot dog place. That wasn't open yet, but already I was calculating, oh, lunch, I'm going to come back and eat over here. Get a pina colada and two hot dogs. So then I walked to the job. Boom. Working. We, uh, I'm working with this dude who's another, he's a hardcore dude, punk rock dude from the band called The Radix. You met him before. Todd Radix. Todd Radix. Old school, pretty cool band. Very early in the scene, New York, Lower East Side, The Radix. Me and him working together, and we would take break earlier than everybody else because we would come back earlier and then mix up the concrete and get it ready. So when everybody came back, it's ready. We had bricklayers working. So we took it a little earlier. I'm eating an apple on a skid of blocks, looking up in the air. There's a crane, pretty big crane, right in the, between these two new buildings. The whole street's closed down. Straight ahead, if I look down the street, you can see the towers crystal clear. The plane flies right over our job, right over the crane, really low. You can see it's a commercial airliner. Like you know, you don't have to be a scientist to know that. And you can see that that's really low. And you see planes all day if you're actually paying attention to the city, but nothing that low. Sucker went straight ahead. It didn't flinch. It didn't go left, right. It just went straight ahead right into the building. And it was like an explosion. But I don't even remember hearing the explosion. I remember seeing flames, big burst, then smoke cleared. And it was like a hole in the building with a outline of flames. It looks fake. I always said that. It looked fake to me. And everybody's like, what the hell's going, holy shit, you see that, blah, blah, blah. And some people were just like, yo, that dude must have been drunk. You know, nobody was thinking crazy at the time. Then people started getting phone calls, this and that, and people at home are telling people what they're seeing on TV. And then all of a sudden, yo, it's a terrorist attack. There's bombs, there's uh, planes unaccounted for. 
they got this, you know, everything on the news, people were calling up and telling people. Then all of a sudden the phones were out. They weren't working. And my phone was working. I don't know if it's because I had a Pennsylvania number or, or not. So my sister calls me because she's always on top of everything. Get out of New York. You see what happened? I was like, I saw what happened. The, the plane flew right into the, she got a plane. You saw the plane? Like nobody on TV saw it yet. Like, we, you know, later on the footage came out. Then I said, yeah, I saw the whole thing happen. Plane ran right into it. They're saying this, that. Then all of a sudden I see the building explode from the back, the other building. But I didn't see a plane. I said, oh, the other building just blew up. And she said, a plane hit it. And I was like, no, shut up. A plane hit the first building. The second one blew up. And she's like, no, it's live on TV. A plane hit the second. So I was like, oh, that was a plane that came from the back. And everybody right then knew like, oh, yo, this is whack. And we were like, oh, get out of here. And then we had a crazy foreman, an Irish guy named, what was, it? What was his name? John Quirk. Bad dude. Like just an evil kind of dude. That's his real name, though. He's out there. No fucking man leaves. Get back to your get back to your mixers. No fucking man's leaving. Blah blah blah. And uh, the the shop store that my job was this dude from Italy. He said, "Fuck you, you motherfucker, piece of shit. Everybody leave. Don't listen. You don't have to listen to him." And then the electrician said, "Are you fucking crazy?" And they just pulled the plug, and the whole job, the power was out. Everybody go home. Everybody get out of here while you can. And Cork was mad. In the mixers, you know, there's cement rolling. I dumped him right onto, uh, you know, cardboard, whatever. You clean it out as good as you can. It's not a big deal. This guy wanted to stay and work. Nuts. So anyway, we're, we're like, holy shit. We, me, this shop store, this like uh, uh, an American Indian dude and uh, a couple of uh, laborers, that were these Irish dudes start walking towards the buildings thinking we're going to do something. And then all of a sudden there's a line already up. Or do you caution like a caution tape? And the cops like, nobody could call. And he's like, oh, we we're gonna help. Like, you know. Blah. All right. He personally took us as a cop. Puts the tape up, tells his other cops something, starts walking us towards the buildings. He's saying, giving us updates, this and that. He was seemed shook. Like way more than we were. I was almost like, damn, bro, chill out. Like, you know what I mean? Ain't the end of the world. But you know, maybe he knew stuff I didn't. We were walking, and all of a sudden, everybody in front of us starts running towards us as we're walking towards the building, and they're saying, the building's going to fall. It's going to fall. And I'm like, are these people crazy? There's no way this building's going to fall. Like, I was sure of it. And I'm just like, kept walking straight. I had a shovel on my shoulder. I had uh, the other dudes carrying stuff. And uh, we're like, this guy's out of his mind. Keep walking. Then I started seeing people jumping out of the building. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Why are they jumping? out of the building like one dude was like on fire other people just like i don't know how many people i saw jump out of the building and the tiny guy was like don't look up don't look up and i couldn't help it you know what i mean i kept on like holy shit and i kept on saying why are they jumping you know at, at the time it wasn't registering it's like an inferno in there i'm just seeing people jumping out a window it's not like i saw flames shooting out the windows or anything like that i'm just like yo this is crazy something was crazy here more people running. Get out of there. The building's going to fall. I'm like, how the hell is this building going to fall? All of a sudden, it was like an earthquake. Like, the ground was like rumbling. Like, I'm like, yo, this sucker's really falling. And we turn around. We're in the middle of the street. Because the street's blocked off from where that cop took us in, way up. And But there's still cars that are down there. But if coming from uptown, you can't get down there. Middle of the street, I start running back to the way I came. We all did. And then... 
that cloud of dust that you see on TV just took us over. And it was pitch black. And I'm thinking, yo, I'm going to get run over. That's what I kept on thinking. Somebody's going to run one of us over. This is crazy. So I kind of like felt to the side of the road. I felt like what I thought was a van and the back of the van. And the dude had the back of my, the Italian dude had the back of my shirt the whole time, like a fistful of it. And I, I just squatted be behind the back of the van. I was trying to clean my eyes because my eyes were like toasted. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, how we get out of here? He's like, just, just close your eyes. And he's like, I feel, I don't know if it was him. I feel water getting dumped on me. I don't know what was going on. Then the, then the dust goes down a little bit. It's like to neck levels, like slowly dropping. And then as soon as like we could see above, we just start booking. We're running. And then uh, we run outside of that same line. We go, well, by that, it was pretty far. We pretty far. And by the time we get to the line, we're walking completely devastated. Couldn't believe that happened. And we get to a line, and there's already all newscasters, cameras, and we leave from the opposite side of the line that nobody's allowed on. And they assume we did something like that we were like, like uh, rescuers, but we weren't. We didn't do shit. You know, we were going down, and then we bounced because the whole thing crumbled. And they started like cheering for us, right? And I'm like, that's crazy. It's one like a. A newscaster guy asked me something. I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking about? I just kept on walking. Then I did something crazy out there. There was a crazy guy, and I probably shouldn't have did this because he might have been like a crazy homeless dude. And he kept on saying, that's what you get. That's what you get. See, when you do this, when you do that, that's what you get. And people are like, you know, like crying and this and that. I was like, yo, are you crazy? Get the fuck out of here, man. What's wrong with you? No, this is what America deserved, this, this, and that. He, there's no way he knew details that soon. But, you know, people, people are just not. He was probably just a mentally ill dude, and I hit him in the head with the shovel. I, I told you that way back, I think. I knocked it like a kill shot, but like a reality dose. Bong! He put his hand on his head, and he bounced. And the Italian guy's like, yo, come on, you can get rid. I'm like, who's going to arrest me today? You know what I mean? Where are they going to take me? Like, this is crazy. So when we walked out of that thing, these dudes in suits were like, anybody, construction guys, any volunteers that want to help meet at Pier something. I wish I remembered the number of the pier, but, you know, there's all those piers on the water. So we went to the pier. We were there for hours. They were handing out dust masks. They took your name, your social security number, making photocopies of driver's license in case you got, you know, in case you got killed or whatever, lost, waiting and waiting. And a lot of the people were really wanting to get back in there because they had friends or family that were there. You know, I thought I did because like Joe mentioned earlier, our guy, Sean Battle, the drummer, he uh, he worked in the World Trade Center. He was the drummer for Crutch and he was going to be the drummer for Early Wisdom and Change for a few songs because there was a European drummer did some. What was his name again? He was also uh, a rule. What band Rule was, he was his name? I think he drummed in Born from Pain. Yeah, awesome drummer. Very good. Drummer. So the first Wisdom and Change, it's like a totally different band. Had uh, two different drummers on it. Guy that did the songs in America, Sean Battle, who worked in the World Trade. We thought he was there. I was calling his phone all day. Everybody was blowing him. His family lives in Pittsburgh, but he lived with us in Stroudsburg, and he worked in World Trade as an accountant. I think right. Mm-hmm. So he's like a smart dude. And uh, he wasn't answering the phone. So people were nervous. I was even like, damn. I was telling everybody, my dude's in there. I think he's on his floor. And I, I didn't know which building was which. Like, which one is that down? And trying to get info which one he was in. Because the other one, before I knew about what was up with battle, the other one didn't fall yet. Then all of a sudden, he finally answers his phone. Dead to the world. He 
stayed up late watching Monday Night Football because he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and he drank and didn't go to work. I can't believe it. That's lucky. He got really lucky. I don't know if he would have got, you know, 86th because of what happened. I don't know what building he worked in, but, you know, he would know. I mean, he knows if, like, his offices got mangled or what. So he ended up being okay. So we're at this pier waiting. People personally had friends and family in there. They really wanted to get in. I'm down to go. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm down. Like, whatever. Let's see what happens. You know, to me, I'm thinking you're going to pull out hundreds of people. There's got to be hundreds of people that are alive, and you're going to, you know, we got to go get them. All of a sudden, these CIA-looking dudes, I don't know if they were CIA, but they suit and tie-looking dudes. Nobody's going in. It's considered a crime scene. Do your best to get home. And dudes started bugging out. Oh, I can't. Yeah, this one. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, you know, we ain't going to change on. I just start walking uptown all alone. All of a sudden, I see a bus that I take in. It's called the Marts bus line. It's a huge bus line. goes from the Poconos to New York every day. 50 buses, right? Like, And uh, I see this dude. He's I'm parked on the side of the road. And I'm really far from where I catch the bus. I'm like on. I probably walked to like 20th Street now, you know, but the Port Authority is on 42nd. But I went from downtown all the way to 20th Street. I was just going to find a park bench and because everybody's saying the roads are closed, whatever. I was going to go to sleep somewhere. So the bus starts, you're going back to the Poconos? Yeah. No, I asked him, you going to Poconos? Said, yeah, yeah, get on. He was crying and everything. I'm like, damn, what the fuck's going on? Man? You know, I was I just like, you know, I don't, you don't know how to act if Casey lost somebody or so, you know what I mean? So... You just try to like keep your mouth shut, not get in the way. I got on the bus. There was about six, seven, eight people. They're talking, asking me questions because I was covered in dust. So I was like, yeah, I was down there, but I don't know what's going on. We were going to go help. And then they told everybody, nah, you can't go. So he waited like another hour, two hours, maybe got 10 people max on the bus. And he got us home. And he went all the way like upstate New York around looped around and he got us back and i ended up getting home and i saw martin from europe and i completely forgot he even flew in that day and he was there And when i saw him i was like holy shit he like landed the day this all went down like that could have been him it could have been his plane it could have you know mm-hmm. yeah and i was like holy crap and then the, i think these guys were even surprised i got home they were all glued to the tv everybody's glued to the tv blah 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 and uh, it went from there. I think two days later, we were in the studio. Yeah. Because we already booked the studio. It sounds kind of morbid that, you know, we should have canceled and be, joined the Marines right on the spot. But we didn't <laughs> do that. But uh, we, we went to the studio. We did the first Wisdom and Change right there. And then when I went back to work, I went back to 90 Church Street, which is a huge post office right next to the Fallen Tower and our job, we were getting paid. We weren't volunteers. It was like our company got this job, was chipping out landing gear from the roof of 90 Church Street. And we had like FBI dudes with us watching the whole time. But we were inside of the area of all the volunteers. So I saw the whole setup. It was huge. Food, cafeterias, showers, cots, uh, massages, boots, clothes, just everything people could need. But, I, you know, I'm there on a paid job. I'm not taking advantage of this stuff. It's not for me. I'm not, you know what I mean? I would have volunteered, but I wasn't needed. My company called me in to do this, which, you know, had to get done. So we chopped out the landing gear. Those guys took it right on the spot and bounced. 
So when people say, oh, you know, there wasn't a plane, it wasn't this, I was like, yeah, I saw the plane with my own eyes. I didn't see the second plane, but I saw the footage of the second plane. And then I saw the landing gear and I saw parts of planes. And But the biggest thing that shocked me was there was like no, nobody was saved. Remember, like they thought they were going to start pulling people out left and right. And you glued mm-hmm. to the news and you're like, still, nobody. And by third or fourth day, they were like, yeah, like nobody's getting saved. There's like, usually somebody in the rubble. You figure. Somebody out, yeah. But that day, over 3,000 people clipped at once. Mm. That's insane, man. And I remember going back to where I parked my car to catch a bus. And I'm looking around. I see some cars. Two months later, there's like three or four cars that are still there covered in dust. You look in the papers around here. A lot of dudes from around here kid got killed. Mm-hmm. You know, The guy I work with, who's a good friend of mine, Albanian dude. His dad it was an Albanian immigrant named Rocco Kamaj. R-O-K-O, Kamaj, C-A-M-A-J. And even he was the window washer of the World Trade Center. So if you Google him, there's stories and footage about this guy before he was even, he was killed in the, in the, in the uh, terrorist attack. But even before that, he was, you know, that's a crazy job. And this guy was an immigrant and he was talking, he was the nicest dude. You could see like a loving family man. And he was like a good ass dude. And he was like this one scene. He's like, look at me. I'm on top of the world. If you would have told me this before I came to America, I would have said no way. But now look, like he loved it. Like, you know, he had this weird, crazy job that a lot of people would and say no way, but it paid pretty good. And it gave, you know, an immigrant, a foreign guy, a, a, you know, a good chance to make something of himself. But he got fucking killed that day. And if you go to the uh, those uh, memorials or squares. He's on the the far square. He's right on the corner of Rocco Camaj. And uh, his son is Vinny. He's a good dude. But that's the anniversary tomorrow. I talked way too long, I think. But, you no, know, that's fucking sorry. outstanding, man. Sorry for everybody. It's, it's so crazy, man. Um, from, from my perspective, I was working in the Poconos with, uh, you remember Troy yeah. that I used to work with. So I was we used working, to work together with, with him, both yeah. of us. So I was working in the Poconos, and we got listening to the to the radio, some classic rock station, and uh, they stopped in the middle of a song. They just like shut the song in the middle of a song, and said, "You're not gonna believe this, but a passenger plane." They said a prop plane. A prop, like a propeller plane. Oh, okay. Like okay. a like a small Cessna or something like that. Yeah just flew into the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. And they said, this is a weird story. Like, we're not really sure what it means, but a, a, it looks like a, a little passenger plane flew into the World Trade Center. Yeah. It's very bizarre. And it's like hanging out of the, the building. And so, at first, we were like, what the fuck? Like, how do you... Yeah, like, what, how do you hit that? What kind like, of idiot would... Yeah, why, yeah, how could you, like, not steer around That's what a that? lot of That's, guys at work were thinking, like... That damn fool! What a dumb pilot! You know, yeah. shit like that. Yeah, we were more critical of the pilot. Like, yeah, man, that's insane. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you not miss the World Trade Center? Yeah, and then, um, yeah, within like ten minutes, Peter Jennings was took over the whole, you know, yeah. radio. Every station you turned to was Peter Jennings. So all like the local stations cut off and went to like a national station. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and right. so as soon as we realized what it was, and uh. I called. This is the early days of cell phones too. So yeah, I, I had a cell phone, but at a StarTac. These are joint. like yeah, these are like so yeah, StarTac or yeah. some weird old Nokia. 
and um, we were trying to call you, Sean Battle. Did you get hold of me? No. Oh, shit. So our friend Eddie Rodriguez also worked in World Trade Center yeah. on Tuesdays. Yeah. That was his. his oh, he wasn't Tuesday. there either? No, he wasn't there either. So Eddie, Eddie, I don't remember the reason he wasn't there, but Eddie was supposed to be Eddie there. Eddie, take off any day you guess, on Tuesdays. Puerto Rican style. And we couldn't get I'm a hold of today. anybody. And we were calling your girlfriend at the time. She was bugging out, of course. She was going oh, ballistic. Shit. Surprised she didn't go down there. Well, so. <laughs> Uh, they're trying to save me they're trying to save me my boss tried to he tried to get us to work all day too yeah and i said no man like i got two friends that are in the city right now i don't know one's supposed to be in that building we got to go home and he's like what are you gonna do and i was like i don't know drive to new york and figure it out i don't know so um in fairness they didn't understand the severity we didn't well you know after after like an hour of listening to the radio, you knew they started saying some shit was yeah, going like, down. This is this is a uh, and then when a second plane hits, and then when a second plane hits, obviously this yeah, is not an accident. Bounce, let's anymore. go, let's get out of here. So we went back to the house. Mart Martin was sitting on our couch, and his eyes were like dinner yeah. plates. Jeez, dinner what a, plates. What a sweetheart of a guy too. And he's yeah, he's just the nicest, gentlest dude. Yeah. And he was just. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Like he's he's from like the peaceful yes. uh, pot smoking Netherlands, yeah. and then all of a sudden he lands in New York City, and there's a terrorist attack, and Jesus he's stuck. Christ. he's stuck in the Poconos now. Like yeah. living with how we lived in that place. Yeah, yeah. Can I say his one thing? When uh, we I, when, one time we were staying at his house in in Holland, and uh, he he's really skinny. He's got like a blonde afro. And uh, he's a good dude, but we had nothing to eat in the morning. So he said, yo, what do you eat for uh, breakfast? He's like, I like milk with strawberry flavoring. <laughs> I remember Sometimes that. perhaps I eat a cucumber. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is the <laughs> nicest person ever. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. So Martin's sitting on the couch and uh, he's just bugging out. Everybody left work. Yeah. Tobin was at our house. Uh, everybody was at the house. That should be at the house. And we we're trying to think of a way. What should we do? How do we get to New York? How do we get a hold of Richie? Yeah, you want to have a shot? How do we that. get a hold of Sean? How do we? Was Sean, Sean wasn't upstairs? Even, he wasn't even time? at the house. He wasn't even at our house. He was, was somewhere it? else. Wow. He watched it at his girlfriend's ah, or something like that. We couldn't amazing. get a hold of anybody. Amazing. And um, so we're trying to figure this out, and we're like game planning in the living room, and the TV is on, and. Then your girlfriend called and said, turn on CNN. And we turned on CNN and Richie was on the news. What's up, yo? I was telling Anderson Cooper, listen, so I'm going to do everything I can to find this Osama. But you almost couldn't tell it was you because I was dusted you out, were caked with dust. Your eyes were like black. You know, I never saw that dots. footage, but a lot of people, I was wearing a Mushmouth shirt too. A lot of people were telling Shout me. Shout out you know, to Mushmouth. <laughs> They're like, yo, I so, saw you on the thing. Because I, I remember the dude asked me a question, just like looking at him in disgust. Yeah. Like, it was like you didn't, you, he him. was he was talking to you and you just it, you just walked by him yeah, like a ghost. So you cocksucker, you. And uh, yeah, your eyes were black. Your mouth hole was black. <sighs> I and saw everything a couple else dozen was like people commit suicide. Pasty, uh, pasty white with like, coated with like dust. Yeah. Well, man. Like a mime almost. And um. So at least we knew you were alive. We knew you were safe, and that's just an insane coincidence that we happened to see you on TV. Yeah, but um, it was it was 
probably. So how I, did I think you? I think you might have contacted us once you got out of the city. Okay, maybe on the bus. Yeah, maybe on the bus, or maybe uh, maybe a payphone or something. I can't yeah. remember exactly. But how did you? How did you guys hear from Sean? Uh, he just showed up at the house eventually. Like oh later on, he gosh. just showed up at the house, and we were like. What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, turn your fucking phone on. Like, what are you doing, I man? Mean, yeah, People fairness are, to him. Everybody though, thinks you're dead. Yeah, yeah, especially his family in Pittsburgh. It was yeah, fun, like everybody thought he was dead for Jeez. sure. In the it, not even in the back of our minds, like we for sure thought he was dead. Yeah, me, I could have been anywhere in the city. Yeah. So where is he? Oh, that guy. Yeah, he works in in one of those buildings, and they're both rubble. That's all they are right now. So where is he? Yeah. Oh, that's what I was thinking. But somehow I ended up knowing he knowing he was okay before I was even home. I forget how though. My sister was really connecting me to the news, like live TV, and for some reason a lot of cell phones weren't working. And then I was hearing about the plane that went down to PA. Then they said bombs on the news. Or there's bombs in it. Then they said there's six oh, planes God, flying. There was so many crazy yeah. stories of bombs there was stories of there was something blew up in boston i remember they said there's yeah. something blew up in guys in oh, la guys were found in the lincoln tunnel in a van and they had bombs yep and so the lincoln tunnel closed so i was like you know then all of a sudden those stories then they, then they hit dc they hit the pentagon yeah yeah and uh there was all there was What's, still you all know, kinds of crazy stories i don't like to that. be like the, the conspiracy guy but the dc is very fishy like that's a it's very weird, man. like why like you know they show every angle and disgusting detail of the new york attack but they won't show that plane hitting the pentagon at all yeah like at all huh i mean you know I, what do i know I, i'm just no, saying it's bizarre man yeah. there's one quick little flash of something yeah. like oh they literally put out a one frame is there oh here's what happened to the pentagon go go uh, it looked like a nose, maybe, of anything, um, some metal, and then all of a sudden, an explosion. Nose, yeah. explosion, nose, explosion. But like you said, you were chipping out landing gear yes. from from an actual There's explosion. no question in my mind. I saw physically the first plane run right into the tower. It was what it was, a huge plane. People want to think it was a drone. You know, there's so many theories. The second one, I could be honest, I didn't see the plane hit it, but I eventually saw the footage of the plane hitting it, but I saw the explosion of the second one. I saw... The buildings come down, and yeah, honestly, I didn't think they were going to come down, but they did come down. They came down. It was weird looking. That day, people were saying there's bombs in the building. Newscasters were saying it appears as if a demolition crew would take a building. You know, they were saying stuff like that. So you see why people got all into those theories. But, but it's easy to Monday morning total. quarterback yeah. from you know from the the safety of your own home. Yeah, but. I it's hard. how could it, it's impossible to convince someone like you of a one hundred percent sure this is a conspiracy type of thing because yeah, you you I saw the the I saw the one that it. nobody saw for a long time until those French that French crew right. that was doing a documentary on firemen yeah just happened to get that first one because this is like two thousand one it wasn't everybody didn't have a joint on them with the, a camera you know what I mean yeah so that French crew eventually showed what I saw but um. There's there's so many weird things that went on that day, you know what I mean? But yeah, I saw the landing gear, I saw the the crumble, and right now, like I said, from fr on Friday, it's Sunday right now. Friday, I was working in the Freedom Tower, and what was I doing? I was on an inspection for fireproof. 
the inspection for fireproof in that building is tremendous. It's like no other building is the biggest pain in the ass. Fireproof is a material called monocote that is sprayed out of a gun mixed with water it's, through it's a machine. It's kind of like ground up newspaper it, with a chemical it, it in it. It looks right? like that, but it's it's very dangerous for your lungs, but not once it's sprayed on. It you know, but when you're mixing it, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. Once it's sprayed on, it's a fireproof and it has a rating and certain structures say you have to have 2 inches of this fireproof. So you do one coat, then another coat. It looks like spraying cotton candy onto a wall, you know, but it's like gray. So anyway, while they, the whole thing is sprayed when they build the Trade Center, then somebody comes in and they rent out a floor. I'm just giving you an example. Then they say, oh, we're going to have a room here. The bathroom's going to be here. Uh, this is going to be a lobby in this area. And then carpenters come in and they start framing it out. And when they have to attach to the original steel, they scrape off. The fireproof, you probably did this before, sheetrocking. Yeah. And you have to attach your studs right to the existing steel. But somebody has to come back and put more coats of fireproof on any that are left exposed. If a carpenter took off too much and there's a little inch inch gap past his framing, somebody's got to fill that fill that in. And for most, uh, most buildings, it's not a big deal. But for the World Trade Center, it's so strict. And I just Friday was doing an inspection. Every... Every inch has to be covered, and they find stuff that you just—you're like in your head. You're like, "This means nothing. Like this is so stupid." But it's a response to what happened. Yeah, what they claim happened to the steel. The, the you know the steel was melted. Now every inch, every molecule of the steel has to be covered with monocoat. And the inspection is like none I've ever seen. Working twenty years in New York, uh, you know, there's nothing like that place. So there's something to it, you know. I mean, I guess the stuff's important. I never, thank God, I never seen it in action. You know, I never, I was never standing in a building while it was on fire. But we saw what happened to the World Trade Center, and their claim is, steel, like, uh, burning jet fuel gets so hot that it could melt that steel. And the new claim is, with this monocoat, two inches thick, it won't. So that's why it has to be like that. But uh, crazy man. That building is built very weird. It's a weird building. I think uh, everything everything is uh, there's like a reaction that people have now to to the slightest possibility of terror attacks. Oh yeah, um, I've been in the Lincoln Tunnel on a bus on the way home, and a white van stops in front of us and turns sideways mm. <laughs> and blocked the whole tunnel. You might get a heart attack off that. Yeah. I've, I stood up, and my I said, open the fucking door. Open the fucking door. I was sitting right up front of the bus, yeah. and uh, this dude turned sideways. What happened was he got a flat, and he, he the van just skidded sideways. It was, a, it was just a dude, like a painter or something like that, yeah. with a white white uh, cargo van, and the, he got a flat, and his his car just turned oh. to the side. The van just turned to the it side. Pretty fishy, but it's blocked off both t- both uh, lanes of traffic yeah. in the tunnel and stopped right in front of my bus. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I'm like, we gotta go. We gotta attack this. Gotta guy. get off the bus. Kill this guy. <laughs> we gotta attack this guy right now. He's just a painter. But fuck, man, don't fucking imagine drive. a busload of Pocono hillbilly white trash just attack this <laughs> poor painter and kill him. 
and oh it's nothing God. but paint. But yeah, no, you could get paranoid. You when I'm on the subway, I see it, I see a creepy dude. Yo, when we take oh plane, when we God. take planes, we always eye up everybody, we right? Do, man, we always have a plan of attack. Like, Yo, you get those two Chinese guys. I get this Puerto Rican girl over here. <laughs> if they say anything, you stand up too quick. You got you. But any, you know, but uh. We got Chris in us, and Chris is a, a half a Greek, half Italian, but he got like kind of an odd look to him, like a an Arab guy. <laughs> oh boy! But how many oh, times, boy. especially early on, was Chris called out uh, of our I'm, like? If we're all sitting next I'm to each other, called, man. they call uh, Mr. Christopher Mavromatis, please. Yeah, he got. He has to go to the desk, and then they randomly put him in a different seat. Yep. So they call Chris, three other Arab dudes, and an old white lady just to say, "See, no, it's random." Oh, dude, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it so bad. I, I'm coming home from uh, Cyprus too this this summer. I'm there, and uh, I was in Switzerland. And they're like, "Oh, you've been randomly selected to have uh, you know for random selection process." And I'm like, "Oh, you great. got that look." And then evil. they go through all your stuff. Our good that friend uh, all the time. Our good friend Chris Mahmood. He's American. His, his parents yeah. are Pakistani. Yeah, and uh, he he actually got. He lucked out with it a few times where they actually bumped him up to first yes, class. That never happened to Chris, though. Yeah, no. I know. Chris gets in the worst I, class. I asked him one time when we were in London, and yeah. I got pulled off, and they said, you've been randomly selected. And it was like, you know, Chris Mavromatis and dudes with, you know, real Near Eastern sounding names. Yeah. So I just asked a woman, you know, she went through all my stuff, my backpack, and looked at the guitar. And I said, well, you know, where does this come from? She goes, we have nothing to do with it. This comes from uh, Homeland Security. It's an algorithm. And I yeah. said, uh, all right. Face recognition yeah, software just, algorithm. What are you do? Yo, remember when the Homeland Security Connect we had for a yeah, while? Yeah, we had a good Homeland we Security We had a high-level guy working in Newark Airport that made it beautiful for us to travel. But he relocated to some southern airport. But that was a good guy. He would walk us right up to the yeah. right up to the runway. He he'd give me a box car. He said, "Hold this for me. I'll see you when you get off the flight. Nobody touches you." But he was a good guy. But uh, yeah, Chris always gets pinched. They move him. They never give him first class. But Chris Mahmood, the other Chris who filled in with us on base a few times, he yeah he got hooked up a few times. You know, they put him in first class. He was just chilling up there with his skinny little legs all spread out, <laughs> his Timberland boots all opened up. So when they started naming suspects for nine eleven. There was a suspect named Zach, Zachari, Zachariah Mosawi, or Zachari, I think it was Zachariah Mosawi. His last name was Mosawi. I don't know if that was his first name. And he looked exactly like me. Let me find so people could look this dude up. <laughs> he just looked exactly oh, man. like me. And uh, there was a, he, he was on the front cover of the New York Post, uh, New York Times, uh, the Daily News, every... every uh, you know, big newspaper in the country. He was, he was, his face was plastered everywhere, and so anywhere I would walk in the city, I would see this picture that looked just like me, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like I thought it was gonna give me a problem flying. Yeah, so are people gonna stop eyeing you up? It didn't actually, but fuck, man, it was scary because yeah, it really looked like me. And Richie, Richie texted me about it. He's like, "Yo, this dude looks exactly <laughs> like you." You know, he sent me a picture him. of it. I wish I could get his name. But uh, yeah, that's fucking. It, it, it really changed the way people look at stuff and everyone became a little more suspicious <laughs> yeah i would say so i mean i remember coming i was going to work the same way and uh, i was listening to howard stern and my office was in broadheadsville and he's like oh something just crashed into the you know the, the twin towers and then it was showing off and then the news broke on and i'm like oh is it, it hit a it was a commercial airline and i remember being like holy shit and i saw the same thing i said eddie and sean were working in there and richie's working in the city 
And I, I started making phone calls, and there was by that point there was no phone calls at all. And then no. I, remember, I remember I called you. Yo, I called Richie's girl. And it was crazy. Yo, Jesus, man. Okay, this is the guy's salary. <laughs> Yo, you gonna put this on a? On I a could flyer? make a flyer for yeah. this, but yeah, but it might be a little fucked up. But okay, this is the guy's name that. Z a c a r i a s Zacharias and last name. M A, no, M O U S S A O U I, Zacharias Masawi. Man, man, Joe, you look, you didn't get beat down, boy. Yeah, man. I thought everywhere I went in the city, I was thinking, like, especially that day that his face was on the cover of every paper. <laughs> about that, and dude. everyone was looking around because the whole, you know, yes. it's, it was like most wanted or something like that. It was yeah. like most wanted man in the world. And then, uh, so people, you know, everybody's looking at, everybody's looking for this dude. Oh, dude! And I'm walking around the city looking like him. It's, it was scary, man. Yeah, dude, that's so crazy. Remember, we hung up the wanted, dead or alive, uh, Osama bin Laden thing in our practice spot. Yo, so in my job right now, I'm working in, uh, I'm working not far from where you were at that day, yeah. a couple blocks south of that. Yeah, on uh, Broadway, the Scholastic Inc. Building. Uh, the publishing company were renovating that building and um there there was a newspaper wanted dead or alive osama bin laden yeah it was stuck in the wall and we just pulled it out of the wall wow. i took i have a picture of it i could put that and one was it the too. same yeah. one we had oh, that's cool yeah man. it's the same awesome. one. i'll show you right now yeah, yeah we had that sucker it was buried in our practice it was buried spot. in a wall we were we uncovered a bunch of stuff yeah. they demoed a bunch of walls Dude. and uh we pulled this thing out of a wall. I just did it last week. It was fucking very bizarre. Brutal. Because it's funny. How many like years since then? Check it out. Look. Yeah, we had a different one, but I remember this one. This was this is Newsday. Yeah. This is like one of those small newspapers, the Long Island newspaper. Yeah, Newsday. they're like free joints. But yeah, this is this paper is from how many years ago? Was September eighteenth, two thousand one. So, so sixteen years ago. That's uh, is that sixteen? One, yeah, 16. 16 years ago. God damn. 16, man. So, and a 16 year old kid. Yeah, he don't even know what's so. yeah, Two, understand. three, four year old don't know. Yeah. But not us. We lived it! Where were you? Fucking crazy, man. And you know what? Respect to all the fallen that day and all the family and friends of the fallen. What a horrible day. September 11th, 2001. We will never forget. But let's tell some nice things now because that was a. I'm going to tell you a funny thing that happened to me. What happened? I came home late. I was all excited. I bounced out of work early. I said, oh, I'm catching a 245 bus. Oh, this is going to be great. Get on the bus. The bus driver's like, oh, there's an accident on Route 80. It's going to take a little while to get home. I said, oh, damn it, man. Can't win with this shit. But whatever. It's still early. We're driving. The bus breaks down anyway in New Jersey. Oh, Jesus. We get out. We're broken down next to a pizza place. Ah, Jersey pizza place might be a right try. It's garbage. It was horrible. Waiting one hour, two hours. Another bus picks us up. I get home like, get off the bus like 8 o'clock. All right, 2.45, get off the bus 8 o'clock. I'm so hungry. In my head, I'm thinking, yo, I'm going to get a burrito. I'm going to go to Moe's and get a burrito. I'm dirty as can be from work. <laughs> I don't care. I go there. I get a burrito, a spicy chicken burrito, black beans. Sour cream. I don't get avocado. That's for the yuppies. Uh, cheese. Tomatoes. Boom. I get chips with it. I get the, 
the uh, what do you call that cheese they got the queso queso cheese then they have the coca-cola machine so i get my cherry vanilla coke fresh mix on the spot i'm sitting down i'm eating like crazy bro i'm like like non-stop like you know it's like a race my face is a mess i got a mountain full of napkins stuff all over my hands <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm spilling stuff non-stop i wasn't even thinking about how crazy i must look and i look up and i see a little kid in a booth of farm me with his phone facing me and he was <laughs> he was taping me eating like a madman i couldn't believe it oh shit man i wish i knew that kid i said oh, yo and he ducked his head and he had a big smile on us oh you got me you got me that's and fucking funny right a little bastard but yo <laughs> 245 that, bus and you got home at eight i got off the bus at eight. Oh, my that's i was even thinking God. i'm gonna i'm gonna miss moe's like moe's is gonna even be closed by the time i get there that's fucking but yo oh i was like God, when i saw the kid taping me that's when i realized how i must look because i was going like like yo it, it, it like a shark like nothing in my head <laughs> like complete blank black eyes rolled back just stuff dripping off my face, salsa on my nose. It must have been so gross. The kid was liking it, though. That's funny. Damn, man. That's the worst, man. When that bus breaks down on the oh, highway. And that happened, just like, hasn't ah. happened to me for a while, but yeah, that does suck, man. So, we got, you know, we changed the gears a little bit for the people. Gears. And we got, uh, we just had a practice today. We're writing some stuff. Luke was getting a little fresh all day, I thought. A little fresh. Yeah, why? What's going on? I, I think he's think feeling he, the pressure, man. Drummers yeah. start to feel the pressure. Toughen up. When it comes down to when it comes down to writing, I think drummers feel the pressure the most. That this yeah. shit better be good because they go in first. A drummer like everybody him. follows I, them. I give him props. He uh, he does care. He does care what he's laying down. You know. But yeah, I'm right there with him. He acts like I'm hard. Like you see how I deal. I deal with this guy with so much patience. It's like dealing with a, a newborn baby. Like what do you what do you want me to do? I can't say anything. Dealing with a uh, an Asperger's. Oh but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, let's do it again. Come on, bro. Go my case, bro. Jeez, you give me anxiety. What? Like okay, so don't do it again. Like what, what did I say wrong? Let's do it again. <laughs> but yeah, it's hard. But we're getting there slowly, but surely. I'm excited about the songs. Really excited. It's hard for me to tell. What I hear you singing that's complete. Yeah, you're doing great. And you're making me like songs that I was. You know, I'm not saying that I'm not dissing anybody because some of these songs are mine. I wrote them. And then when before the lyrics are on, I'm like, yeah, is it good? Is it bad? I can't even tell. Hopefully it's good. And then I hear the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, yeah. See, like, a cool song. So for me to be excited about it, you guys write cool songs. You write some cool riffs and things like that. And it sounds cool. But if I can't. If it's not making me think of good lyrics, totally, yeah. it just it, it, the excitement just kind of goes away, and then the song becomes almost like a curse. Like I keep listening to the same blank yeah. song over and over and over and over, and then it just becomes like um, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a curse. Like you can't. Yeah. You're stuck in this quagmire of like you can't. No, I you try can't to write stuff that has it. a mood before anything's put on it. Right. And to me, that makes it easier. Uh, yeah. And, and something almost always, almost a hundred percent of the time, you're on the same page, and you're like, oh, this is, and and uh, exactly that was the mood of the music, and then now you got the lyrics. When do you deal with people that are not even on the same page? That's weird. Sometimes, man, the song just does isn't like speaking to me. You know, totally. And uh. So luckily with this one, it's some of these songs are really giving me some good ideas, and I got some. Yeah, it's about the vibe. Like I don't like neutral stuff. I like stuff that's moody. Yeah. I don't like real happy stuff, but at least I can recognize that's a happy song. 
but I like moody stuff or like darker kind of vibe riff wise. You know, it doesn't have to, it could be like upbeat mid tempo, but just like that one goes to the one chord constantly that just makes it kind of like that way. Okay. It's that way. Now it's that way. That's like what I was have, trying to explain to Evan today. We yeah. have one. We have a song that you you hear it as a happy song. I know what you mean. Which one? Uh, it's sort of like a punk rock. Oh, when you wanted a punk rock jam, song, right? I gave you that one. So it's kind of yeah. it's it's not upbeat entirely, but it has like. Um, but you know what? Today it was better to be today because I don't it, like the way he's playing hi hat was making me get that vibe. And I'm like, oh, I don't like bands like that. You know what I mean? That's what I was trying to tell him, but without insulting him. But what do you think of that song, Chris? It's all right, man. It's all right. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's do you like any cool. song? Is there any song you really like? Because that's your response to everything. No, nah, they're all good, man. It's like I, I like I like them when it's in the studio, and then yeah, but you you're not layer there. and stuff, and then you but it, it could be too late together. by then if you're not sure of it. Then like you like it when it's in the studio. No, there's nothing like I usually know right off the bat if I'm like, ugh, I just can't stomach that. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's like have that you ever one. heard a song that got better once there was once the the it was complete and the words like once the words are on it the the lyrics and then you're like oh I really like this now well I'll tell but you I didn't like it before I didn't like the uh, that one one we did last week and then when you started singing on it I'm like okay I can see where this is gonna go just the one he's talking about now yeah oh okay because I was like it, it's cool you know what I'm saying I was like all right. But then once you just started saying, oh, my God, I could see where this is okay. where this is going to aim. Now, that makes me feel a little better because. No, no you're saving it. But when I, I sent the text out to these guys last week, I said, what? I, I got some time till I'm going to write a song. What kind of song? And nobody replied except Joe. And he's like a punk rock oyish song. So I'm like, yeah. I don't well, know. that's exactly what it was. But yeah. But then again, I'm not a good judge for it because that's not my style. And the only way to Do be you know punk rock and, and slash oyish is to be generic. You have to accept oh, because yeah, it's course. so it's recognizable. To be metal, you could be very broad. Like it could be this could be metal, that could be metal. This, but if you say oi, you you know exactly. And if you're not doing it like that, simple. Just, it's, it's just not oi. Yeah, yeah, it's the most simple. So I was trying to do something that was song. just a little bit like oi, but more rock and roll. Maybe oi meets ACDC or something. You know what I mean? But then the beat he was playing, I wasn't digging. But the lyrics, yeah, you definitely made it better. But so uh, if I, if it, if it sounds happy, and I feel like it sounds like a happy song, I'm not gonna write happy. No, yeah, lyrics. No, I see you do that before. So what I I try to make it um, ironic, twisted a little bit. You know what I mean? Like twisted. Oh, up. you thought it was about this? It's not. Yeah, it's happy if you're yeah. a little bit twisted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm I'm. I'm Getting some good, really cool ideas from uh, for, lyrically from these songs, and I'm no. You seem like you got stuff prepared. Like the last one was, you know, you were trying to get on you hard, but he was in the middle of his comedian stage back then. He didn't want nothing to do with that. No, nah, man, you're Sorry. wrong about that. Oh, well, you you misread that one. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Chris? He's a comedian. That's ridiculous, Chris. You know any good jokes? Nah, I don't know anything. Jokes. You don't like that stuff. This guy don't like nothing. I do. I like the classics. The only yo, I, you know how many hate mail I get now because I got you upset. People are like leave Chris alone. You're an asshole. Throw you out. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, come on, I can't even tease my friend. Chris is very bit. beloved. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, to yeah, he's like a kind of safe to the girls. The girl listeners. Jeez, you can't even say nothing to Chris. They get on you. They want me to attack Luke <laughs> America's, all the time. I guess stuff. Attack America's Luke, sweetheart. Attack Luke. attack Luke. Leave Chris alone. Get Luke. Shut Luke up. Leave Chris alone. Poor Luke. Luke Rauda. It's funny because <laughs> I know I'm not trying to throw Luke under the bus here, but this might sound like this. He uh 
I think everybody here, you especially you, will like push the line of like this character <laughs> that you <laughs> that you're playing on here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I, I think he just doesn't understand that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you, you understand what I'm trying to get? At? Like, there's like there's like a line you push, and you're and you you know it's, yeah, it's within sure. reason of humor. You know what I mean? It could you could say some crazy things, but we all understand that it's a joke. Half the stuff you hear me saying on here, I don't believe. I don't think. I'm having a good time with my friends. If you want to have a relatable. Uh, situation that you could just turn something on lay around eat popcorn do something this is how it is when a couple guys hang out a guy's our age at least i don't know about these younger weirdos or older people but guys are this is how it is we harass each other we we play the archie bunker role we don't necessarily mean it well me anyway you know everybody does their own thing i have fun with it and if you can't if you don't know that i'm joking and you can't you can't recognize it, then you're going to think that this show is insane. You're going to think that Richie's out of his fucking mind all the time. You like, think what I is hate- wrong with this guy? What do I mention all the time? Puerto Ricans. I love the Puerto Ricans. I love them. But I'm teasing because I have some Puerto Rican friends. It's like, you can't have a Puerto Rican friend and not always harass them about being Puerto Rican. And when they, what did they do to me? They harass me about being whatever I am. That's how, that's how men of our age interact with each other. It's almost yeah, like true. you ever see Grant Torino when they go into the, the barber shop and he says, hey, you Dago, I want, you know, like, oh, shut up, you Irish drunk. You know, it's like that's these people, we they, we love each other, but we love the differences we see within each other. To us, it's very important. We love pointing it out. If you can't laugh at at yourself, then you're you're lost you're lost in this world if you can't laugh at yourself yeah. you you're fucking lost bro and it's the differences that bring out the beauty not the similarities like what if do i want to say i want to look in a mirror all day well that wouldn't be too bad looking in a mirror all day but who wants to look in a mirror all day you want to see different faces you want to see different cultures i want joe to come over and bring soul food and i want to show him some of my design vice versa that's what we like I don't want all the same crap. I don't want to hang around with a bunch of clones. I don't want to have every me and every one of my friends have a mohawk. You know what I mean? I want different people. That's why I fell in love with Knuckle Dust when I saw them many years ago. Yeah. 1996. Knuckle a small Dust club a, in Belgium. A representation of everything yes. that is good about hardcore. I looked up on Very stage true. to Knuckle Dust and I said, how do these guys even know each other? But it looks like me and my friends. They had a little tiny... Hispanic Peruvian singer who was vicious and walked around like a snake on stage with missing teeth. They have a tall, slim, beautiful brother from Africa named Wima who rips on guitar and is a great musician all around. Then they had the hard edge Nicky tattoo beating his bass skinny as could be with a mohawk and a flight jacket. And then pretty boy Ray in the back typical soccer fan from Lund- like this it was a beautiful thing i saw and that's what i like i don't like to look on the stage and see a bunch of clones every guy got a fucking this tattoo and, and fucking wearing cut off tight black you know. skinny jeans yeah. with, unless they're the ramones the rips in the right place wearing vans with no laces yeah uh, doing the, the same right jumps they practice the moves they rehearse yeah, i want to see look- like this this guy don't look like that guy. That guy don't look this. But they play together. They write together. They live together. They fight together. Where were you? Chris gets mad when I look. He holds his head. Why are you holding your head? About Vietnam again. Nah, I can't even say. If I get a flashback, Chris gets mad. But that's what I like. That's when I see bands like that. I like it. 
Yeah, there's a look on stage of people who know each other and they're friends and they're familiar and they're they're, they're playing because they're friends, not yeah. because they. This guy had the right look, and this guy's oh, he's got good cheekbones, and this guy, you know, he's got <laughs> nice, bones. nice delts. <laughs> that's gonna do good in, in uh, the Honestly, southern that's... market. The delts will do. <laughs> southern chicks like delts. I came and from then... a time, <laughs> you guys too, where when you weren't the hardcore, you're the punk, you didn't like anything mainstream. Eventually, we opened up, but now it's a different time, and younger hardcore bands they are influenced. By mainstream, like in mainstream, not not even relatable mainstream. Mainstream, yes. like like Taylor Swift. Yes, mainstream. And you guys think I'm crazy, but I'm friends with younger bands. Drake, mainstream. And they are fans of these people, and to me, it's crazy just because when I was their age, those people in those positions were enemies. You would never see uh, Agnostic Front like wearing like a Debbie Gibson shirt. No, that yeah. Or, uh, Unless they just raped her in the alleyway and then left her for dead. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Hey, yeah, baby, that's the oh, best band ever. Oh, Jesus. You can't even say that? Come on. There's some dude. bleeps coming She's up. Beautiful. I feel some censorship in our future. Debbie Gibson is going to come after me. Debbie I forget what Gibson. she even looks like. But exactly. That was the time. Remember everybody would say, who's hotter, Debbie Gibson or Tiffany? Yeah, I remember, remember that. that. That was the rivalry. That was, wasn't it? <laughs> the the who was the hottest mole rocker? Exactly. Like mainstream stuff. Like I liked rock, so I liked ACDC. I liked Guns N' Roses. I liked some glam stuff. But back then, you come to a show glammed out, son. We're gonna set your hair on fire. That was the truth. I heard those stories from airport music hall. Well, people fucking setting people yeah, on they fire. Yeah, they were evil people that did Beating that. the shit out of people with yes. like cheesed hair or even long hair in general. Yeah, long hair dudes. Well, that was that was Nazis that were trying to really ruin stuff. But there was also an element of just the regular hardcore people being very possessive of their scene. And not you just don't want anything to do with the mainstream. Now it's a lot different. So... You know, it is what it is, but you know, you gotta adapt or die, as they say. So this is what it is. Our lovely friends in Trapped Under Ice, younger band, great band. When we went on tour with them, we realized that they're fans of Justin Bieber, and like legit, straight up fans of Justin uh, Bieber. What was the other one? Uh, They did the song uh, Macklemore. Macklemore. Oh no, no, uh, Macklemore. Paramore. 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 And we're like, I was like, what? What do? What's that? You like what? They're like, oh, we did a Paramore song. I'm like, what the fuck is a Paramore? Like, I, I didn't even know because <laughs> it just, I don't listen to the radio. I know because I grew up like, that's the bad. Those are the sellouts. You're in the real shit over here. So, it's this just, is, I think, man, you might have said this before. I can't remember who said this, but we grew up with, let's say, top 40 radio music for us would start with 80s always pop Michael, music. Always Michael Jackson in the Yeah, mix, you yeah. got 80s pop music. And then it was always sprinkled in with the last generation of pop or rock music. Well, there was always separate classic rock stations. Always rock stations. I give props to classic rock because classic rock 30 years ago is still classic rock now. Yeah. Like the, like those stations still have played. They still play. play the same the shit. The ones yeah. that play Leonard Skinner, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, they are still playing the same stuff today. It's amazing. So that's that's the kind of music we grew up on the radio with. Yeah. And in fairness to this younger generation of hardcore kids, they grew up on listening to radio music that is like the Backstreet Boys, Justin, uh, Timberlake. Let's say Timberlake. Yeah. Or, uh, or Drake. 
Even before that, though, yeah. like let's think You're of like '90s, like kids that that were born in the '90s. Well, there was still the well, element early, in the '90s that would be like, ah, turn the blind. You know, mm. There was a few rock bands, but just the the in general rock yeah. bands just started dying out. So yeah. they that's you know, in fairness to them, that's what they grew up listening to. They yo trapped under ice. It's fucking dope. It's a great band. Dope. Yeah. So regardless of what their influences are in pop music, they write good totally. fucking hardcore songs yeah. and they write killer records and they put on a good live show and that's that's what you need in a hardcore band. And so. I love the fact that they aren't embarrassed about liking that crap. Because yeah. I would just be like, you, I never even heard of that. What? <laughs> what? Oh, that's good. I never heard of it. You know, I, I keep that on the secret. But those dudes are open about it. Oh, you know? uh, my favorite thing was when uh, the drummer Brandon <laughs> he had a he made a music video. Yeah, and uh, it was called Be Smooth. His his name was it Be was Smooth. a straight up like R and B song. Prettiest girl at the party. Cutest girl at the cutest girl at this party or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and um, that we were on tour, and I remember like they showed me that, and I was like, I wanted to throw up. Like this is my boys, but I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? Like I'm like, should I laugh? Should I say it's good? Is it serious? Like because it was a a Justin Bieber song, I guess. Yeah, like, basically. You know. But if you yeah, you can go on YouTube and watch it. It's a uh, B. S M O O V. Yeah, be, be smooth. smooth. And, and that uh, kid is talented. That kid. Yeah, that kid. Can and do, he's a good dude. He can fucking do anything. He can skate. He can kill a drummer. Box. He can yeah. drum. He could do. He's a good front man. Yeah. He could do. That kid could do anything. He's he's an amazing dude. It's too bad he got stuck in hardcore. Actually, he could probably be fucking loaded right now. Get that guy on a piano. Forget it. And he's smooth. But yeah, I remember when I saw, it, I was like, yo, yo, what the fuck is going on? I was like. Who else was on a tour with us? Biohazard? No. Was it Biohazard? Madball. Madball we was on, Madball. on that tour? It was a Rebellion tour. So you had... I was like, yo, should I get the guys from Madball and throw this kid a beat and try to straighten him out real quick? <laughs> like, you know, give him... Nah, he's a good Did dude. Did you respect him a little more after we had a... Uh, we all had to fight together on that tour? I always respected the dude. I was just... I was just... I was, I was shocked, but also impressed by their honesty of their influences. But it was just shocking to me. But I was also like, wow. Like, I would just, nobody would know if I liked fucking goofy shit like that. Like, you just would not know. <laughs> What's the goofiest thing you like? Come on, what, Richie. Give us one thing that you would be, like, embarrassed about. Bro, I don't even like. know. I'm not, I'm not trying to be cocky, but I don't even go that route on anything, baby. My shit is straight up all the time. I, like, do you know of something? Like, as far for as. you? I don't know. I, but I for like me, a, like, a handful. I'll hear a, I'll hear a song. And be like, man, I just can't get this fucking song out of my head. Like, I remember there was like a Ja Rule song that was like him and a girl like singing yeah. together, but I could, it was Lady, stuck in my that head. One? It's gonna uh, be my baby. Yeah, maybe. I remember like that. that. But See, I couldn't I, get it out of my head. I for don't weeks. listen to enough radio to like that to happen to me, but I've listened to the same few bands like my whole life. As far as punk rock, I like the Misfits and the Ramones and a couple songs from some artists here and there. As far as hardcore, I like Agnostic Front, Blood for Blood, Madball, Death Threat. Uh, just a handful of bands, and that's it. Then some new bands come into the mix, and I like a band like Defeater or Modern Life is War. Uh, but Heavy Metal, I like Slayer, and I like Metallica, and that's it. And Dude, I think know, so I, much. I don't, have, I don't listen to much, to be honest. I think so much about liking a band or a song a genre, whatever, is the the set and setting 
of when totally yeah great if you're if you're in the right place and the right frame of mind and the right song comes on the radio that you never heard before you're ready to dance baby you love it forever move that ass and if if something's happening in your life at the at the time and the right thing pops in you like that thing forever yeah and uh that i never liked iron maiden i already told this on the big show Mm -hmm. thing i hated iron maiden hated it but we were on this car ride and the conversation we were having and everything was just perfect. And setting. Big Show is so lovable that you want to hear him out. I wanted to like it because if it was I him. was pushing Iron Maiden on you, <laughs> you might not like it. No, you you got me into Pink Floyd. I, ne- I never oh, liked really? Pink Floyd before until oh, you. I like that. Pink we, Floyd we were driving show. to, I think it was South Carolina, maybe, just me and you. Welcome to the machine. I feel like I'm floating on a cloud, baby. And we were just having good conversation, and you put on. Uh, like the wall or something like that. I, I, I said, can't yo, remember. brother. I think it was the wall because to this day, that's my favorite shit. I said, you ready to chill, young brother? And you said, what do you mean, Rich? I said, put that seat back and chill. <laughs> Bam, the wall. Now listen, oh, man. Mama, there's my... an airplane up in the sky. Donald, oh, yes. I was driving with my son last week. and You gave him the Pink it Floyd was nighttime, test. nighttime. The, the sun set. You know what I mean? The sun was just going down. The sky yeah. was pink and orange and purple and all these colors. And we were headed home and the windows were down and it was a cool breeze. Yes. And it was just perfect setting. And he said, hey, little man. Pink Floyd came on my shuffle. Yeah. And he was like, what is this? Yes. And I was like, yes. He has signs of That's genius. Awesome. Yes. So I said, oh, you like this? And we let, I let the song finish. And I was like, you like that? And he's like, yeah, I want to hear that again. I was like, how about this? And I just played it, for, played the wall from the beginning. Young brother was getting lifted. We baby. drove around for a little extra. You know what I mean? We get didn't, go, we didn't get through the in. whole album, but we went through. We started at the beginning of the wall and got through the first probably yeah that's classic eight songs i was like don't get me wrong pig foot is a lot of shit like garbage albums but when they wrote albums like so i don't somewhere it's just so crazy i don't understand them yeah but they got a lot of good stuff when they did when they made conceptual albums yes it was uh it was something else man yo september 13th Uh uh-huh that's a couple days david gilmore oh is doing the best live at pompeii the theater, yeah, at Pompeii, the stadium, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Okay, like you, you, you people are aware of Pompeii, a city that got covered in ash well, from Mount Vesuvius. Well, Pink mm-hmm. Floyd played there, and Pink Floyd yeah, played yeah. a legendary concert, and there it sounds in the great. 70s. Yeah, David Gilmour is doing a concert there on September 13th. It's going to be in movie theaters all over the world. Wow! So go check your local oh, movie awesome. theater because David Gilmour is going to do some fucking amazing shit. David Gilmour makes his guitar talk yeah there's no slower more single note kind of pusher out there that that does it better than him that style of leads and vibe he's he's great now pink floyd jeez man that's some serious serious shit yo it's crazy what is better man. though but the dark side of the moon or the wall oh it's hard man i would say for me it's the wall just because that was my first one that I fell in love with, so that's just yeah. nostalgic. That's that's my first. That's my always my first. Dude, pick. I don't know. But the yeah, the dark side of the moon. Dark is side incredible. Animals. Yeah, that's a great. Wish you were here. I wish you were here. Yo, when we listened to Dark Side of the Moon and watched Wizard of Oz at Carl Weinberg's yeah, house, yeah, baby. Holy shit, that was awesome. Yo, how many times did I pull the Pink Floyd magic on you when I said, "Yo, 
turn on the radio right now. Pink Floyd's on. Yeah, that used to happen a lot. That I used to weird. do that all the time, no matter who I was driving with. Just chilling, chilling. Oh, oh, oh. What, what, what? Turn the radio on. I want to hear Pink Floyd. Yeah, right. Welcome, my son. Told you, sucker. Bam. <laughs> I was connected with them. Sign me up. I should have been in that band. Man, that's a band with soul. But a lot of people hate Pink Floyd. Especially those hardcore are, type. Uh, those dudes. people are stupid. That's one thing I take heat for. Okay, those dudes are taking heat for Drake. I, I take I took some heat for, for Pink Floyd. But if you don't feel it, you don't feel it. it just means you're, you're subhuman. Yeah, that's you're all right. You're just not as smart. You don't got the. <laughs> I was know. not as smart once. I was a denier. I was a Pink yeah. Floyd denier. To and like I, to understand Pink Floyd, you, ne- you need that extra DNA tab. Yeah, and that tab is is responsible for the the release of excitotoxins. Hmm. When your excitotoxins come out, then you appreciate the Floyd. You feel like you're levitating. You but look you need in the, the right stimulant to get the excitotoxins to totally to your body to start creating excitotoxins. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you you need the right set and setting. That's the key, man. And I set guarantee and you, right now, a lot of people are like, "Fuck Pink Floyd, what they suck, Pink Floyd." You know what? What could what could the original uh, question was? What's embarrassing? I do like a lot of glam rock. That could be considered, but I thought those glam. Yeah, depending on the, the yeah, person too, you talk to, I love that a lot. Could be I, love a lot of I thought rock. those some of those glam, when it came to ballads. Yo, those gl- some of those glam bands wrote some sick ballads that could be redone in a different way, just all on piano, just all on a violin. Like it's, it's it kind of was like it became a generic kind of little corner of music. Okay, the you know glam band has to have one ballad on the record, but so many ended up being good, in my opinion. Cinderella ballads, but I don't listen yeah. to Cinderella's other songs. But when they write a ballad. But then there's definitely the hard glam. Like, is Rat a glam band? I don't know. But that's yeah, the, I like Rat. Yo, man. that yeah, I love Rat. That dude's voice. Oh, I remember I used to tell Joe to sing like Rat and sing like Venom. The dude from Venom. Like, <laughs> I do. But, I can only sing like me. But yo, it's you're in that range though. Those guys are more in your range than hardcore dudes. Yeah, but once I started studying different styles of singing, and yeah. especially those guys, those guys are serious actual singers. Actual singers, yes. Even though they sound crazy and weird, and you ah! could never. You can no. never be in an opera Those guys singing are like that. trained singers. They can yes. sing, and I I yell melodically, yeah. but I can't sing the a way a guy those like that Judas Priest dude. And I'm not a big Judas Priest fan, but he definitely has some cool stuff. But yo, I mean, and I don't really like his voice, but he could shred his vocals. Mm-hmm. He could do oh, pitches, yeah, like, but he's, he's a freak. He's, he's a freak all the time training. And even this is one anomaly, though Ozzy Osbourne, because I can't picture Ozzy really training. But Ozzy has a sick voice. Yeah, he does. Even when you look at their... I just saw a thing from them from 1979, and it was like perfect pitch live. And it's when he's live, he, he could barely talk, but he's singing. And he's it, the pitch is right <laughs> he's in. He's a freak, man. Yeah. No, those... Yeah, Genetic those, freak. Those guys in that era, they didn't have the greatest drummers. They didn't have the greatest bass players. But they had sick guitar players and sick vocalists. A lot of those. Yeah, a lot of... I think in the... Uh, Coming in out of the seventies, they they simplified it down. Like you know, the, for the for for glam rock, it was well, like they, the bass became slightly more simple, and then they, they and knew the this is radio stuff. So yeah. the drums got to be like that. Boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba, yeah, boom, ba. Absolutely. But the, yo, dudes like Van Halen coming on board. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, the tone of Van Halen, the the, the skills, the riffs, like the, some of the riffs, like they don't even make sense. Like who would have that? That's not even a song. Like I can't even. It, I can't even think of some of his songs right now, but it's like it's so good 
they were on a different level, a lot of those musicians. And right now there's awesome guitar players, but they don't, you know, they're not household names like Van Halen would is and was. Yeah. But they're playing in their crazy bands and they're making a living so good for them. But commercial music was Van Halen, was guys that studied their instruments. Commercial music was even, you know, I mean, even dudes like Judas Priest could get on the radio. Yeah, even if you go the pop route, there's these 80s pop stars that were incredible musicians. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. A dude like, uh, like Prince. Totally. Absolute oh, yeah. genius, could play everything better than yeah. everybody. Now and it seems that it, that doesn't matter. You know just, You know who can do that still? That one is, dude that is like Michael Jackson? Yes, voice? Bruno Mars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bruno Mars is, a, is the real I didn't, I didn't really like his songs, but everybody that sees him live says he's great. And if you like his songs, that's great. But yes, he has skills. He singing, writes musician, and he plays yeah. drums. He plays guitar, piano. So he's whenever a, there's a, a dude like that, like the dude from Muse, yep. whatever his name is, he rips on guitar, he plays a piano, he sings. He writes. He writes movie soundtracks. I like. You know. I'm glad to see guys like that are rock stars, millionaires, do great, and it's not just guys that are singing over a Casio or whatever iPhone beat. You know, it's all garbage. Speaking of that, did everybody like the new beat I made for the intro? Oh, thank you very much. That will be available on iTunes soon for ninety nine cents. <laughs> what a hard fucking intro. Joe didn't like it though. Yeah, it's all right. Huh. Pretty Come on. good. We're testing a war. Who gets tough talking about a podcast? Nobody. That's gangster podcast rap. <laughs> Nobody. That's a whole new gangster genre. Podcast rap. GPR, yeah. son. That's Jeez. a whole new genre. What you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Damn, that's hard. Who says that? And by the way, I'm not calling out anybody in, in particular, so please don't attack me when I'm not looking. I'm just trying to have some fun in the intro. <laughs> podcast hosts attacking. Yeah, other podcasts beat me. Yo, you you think you know this is our shit too, motherfucker? Bam, bam. I was just kidding. Please, let me go. I got a question from a, a pretty good question I want to read. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. This is from uh, Tom Cops. Thomas Cops. Yeah, who you were? You're an officer? With a K. Though. I don't talk to cops. Uh... He said, question for yous. Oh, is he from Philly? I don't know. I think he might be from Chicago, but he said uh, yous. Oh, so, so he I, says, like, this is a question for yous. Question for yous. Yeah, maybe I'll read it in Chicago accent. Uh-huh. A while back, you guys were pontificating about the novel 1984 and how the book was coming true in so many ways in today's culture. <laughs> 1984 was definitely a game changer in my life, and you guys are obviously well-read. <laughs> I was wondering if you guys only had five books that you could read for the rest of your life, what books would they be? Or another more abstract question, (laughs) if you could choose five books that could save humanity, what would they be? Funny to be honest, besides 1984, I have a hard time. Hard. That's a great accent. Thomas Caps II, a.k.a. Psycho Tam. Psycho Tam. A.K.A. Matt Spack. Obviously. How'd you say obviously? Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) So, uh, five books to read for the rest of your life? Ugh. Oh, my dude. That's fucking torture. You could only read five books. Like, obviously, I'm not going to read these books. Obviously, I'm not going to read these books over and over again because that would be. But, like, let's say, like, what he's saying, no, you only have possession of five books. Five books for the rest of your life. That you could constantly go back to. For advice, I don't know. For inspiration, five books that you could. How get about if, if Tom doesn't from. mind? Could could I re 
Okay, changes his question a little bit. Sure, go ahead. How about five books that you would recommend? You're only allowed to recommend five books. Okay. Okay. Because you would probably take five books for yourself that are different. Like, I'd probably take How to Build Various Things in Order to Survive, that book. You know what I mean? If there's a book like that. But if you're recommending books, you would say other things. Yeah. So let's hear the recommendations. All right. Sorry, well, Tom. Don't get mad, you Chicago maniac. I think that... uh 1984 is a great book, mm-hmm. but it's almost it's like a prophetic book almost. But the thing is, it's very it de- it depends on your worldview, you know. Like I wouldn't recommend it to every single person. Um, well, you got five. There's so. a lot of people I would recommend it to, but there's some people that I would say don't ever read this fucking book. They can't handle. Gonna, yeah, you won't be able to nuts. handle it. Um. I love, I would rather a book like The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. That would be one of my, on my, on my list of books to recommend. It's, I see it's, equally, it's equally depressing, but it's more, it's more um, real in a historic sense mm-hmm. uh, about actual events that have, that happened in American history. 1984 is somebody guessing about things that might happen in the future and, they actually sort of did in a way, in a twisted kind of way. They, 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 it actually came true. But I wouldn't recommend that for everybody. Uh, the Jungle by Upton Sinclair, I would recommend for everybody because there's a lot of uh, lessons to be learned from the jungle. Um, I think I would recommend that people read the Bible. It's a crazy book and that not because i i believe the bible is is truth or anything like that but there's the, many many parables to many to learn parables from. and there also it in it includes the basic story um chris you might know something more about this like in storytelling format yeah there's the the story the the, the basic layout of a story with a um Help me out here, Chris. <laughs> a, uh, uh, what do you mean? The development of like the character, right? Going through different phases. With the hero characters, right? And yeah. the um, I can't remember. There's a um, there's a, a word for this, and I'm it's not coming to me. But there's a the the basic layout of your basic hero story is in the Bible. Um, it's in other books too. Yeah, it's in every myth. I'm familiar yeah. with it from the Bible because I was forced to read it again and again as a kid. <laughs> so. I know it well from the Bible, but there's parts of the Bible when I was stuck at church when I was a kid, um, and you know you're stuck there. You got to just sit and be bored. Ooh. I would flip open the Bible and read these certain stories over and over about these Israelite kings and it's murder and it's it's mayhem and it's wars and betrayals and all these insane things that are in every movie that you love. You know what I mean? Every gladiator movie, every war movie. Every um, hero type of movie, every type of Braveheart type of movie, all of those stories are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also a lot of other more boring things and things that you can't understand and weird acid trippy type of things. But um, I would definitely recommend people read the Bible. Um, Another one I would say people should read. um, I would say the, uh, The Odyssey. By Homer. Homer That's Simpson. another great one. Um, 
one of my favorite things I, I that I read was the Odyssey. Uh, the Iliad, not so much. And I, is that also Homer? Yeah. So I think the Iliad was Homer got lucky with the the Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe the maybe I was just too burnt out by Homer. That. Um, another one of my favorite books, ironically, movie that uh, just opened up this weekend is It by Stephen King. You like the book? Really good book. Really good book. And when I was reading it, I was in high school, and um, ba- the, what that book is really about is kids like finding their courage. Just facing their fears. That's what the movies. That's what the book is about. Is kids that are like using each other to help each other find their their courage mm-hmm. to face their 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 worst nightmares. And uh, it kind of helped me as a kid when I was when I was uh, you were a young nerd and yeah, a young you... nerd, and that that really helped me out. Um, let me think here. What was that? Three or four? That's four. That's four. So one more book. Um, it's not easy. Man, I just read a really good book last week. I wouldn't nah, I can't put this on my list. I just want to sh- send a shout out to the Dollop podcast. Uh Dave Anthony and Garrett uh Reynolds, Gareth Reynolds, sorry. They wrote a book called United States of Absurdity and it's weird obscure things that happen in American history. It just the most insane shit you ever heard of. That's not really taught in schools. Um, and it probably shouldn't be taught in schools because it's so obscure. It doesn't really, I don't think it really matters too much in the big scope of things. But if you get a chance, read The United States of Absurdity. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. My fifth pick. Hmm. Let's think here, Chris. Got to be a good one. Um. Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough question. Yeah, it is a tough it question. Is. It is. I've read a lot of books in my life. Chris, any off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have some overlap with Joe for sure. Of course, of say. course. We know how you are. I was going to say 1984. The okay. Jungle definitely is on there. I would put Machiavelli's The Prince. Oh. That's definitely, I would say the Iliad and the Odyssey, you can count them as one kind of uh, continuum. Ooh, I got my fifth. Good. And I'd like to, and I'd say people should read Suetonius's The Twelve Caesars. Dude, my you favorite. You told us about that. My before. favorite. Yeah. The Twelve it's Caesars! A great, uh, it's an it's easy read and it's full of all These kinds of crazy all intrigue. And when you, as you read it, you say, Jesus, man, there's some kind of personality types that just are, are, are timeless. And I think you get the same thing if you, if you read The Iliad and the Odyssey. It you'll makes find, you understand. You'll find personality types that are, are timeless. And they're they're great for the for that just on that alone like you just the you know how people's un, undying what was that again who wrote it what the Iliad and the Odyssey no Homer, Caesar's uh, uh, Suetonius Suetonius the Twelve Caesars which By is Suetonius. a great, read. It's a great who is Suetonius read. he's a historian a Roman historian what a guy Suetonius definitely I recommend like the Penguin go go you know you can get them for a, a dollar at the in the used bookstore and just pick it up and just just start reading it and you'll be like oh my god. It's amazing how, like I said, there's, there's certain kinds of personalities and politics and politicians that they they're timeless. What's I number think, five, Joe? Uh, the Art of War by Sun Tzu. Yeah, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. That's one that I. It's cool, man. You pick it up from time to time. Like you don't. I never read it front to back, you know. Mm. But it's Seems cool. Seems like all common sense, though, right? 
Um, yeah, but sometimes you forget the most basic common sense. For some sense reason, shit. I was born with that knowledge. Sometimes you, if you need a little refresher and stuff like that, it's good to just flip through it. It's everything in the art of war is like parallel to life in general. Um, it's like a double, everything has almost a double meaning if you want it to. Mm-hmm. You, it doesn't necessarily apply only to war. It applies to how you relate to people around you, how you uh, get along with your friends, how you get in, along in relationships. Um, there's a lot of really interesting parallels for, for real life. Very good question, Tom Cops. Uh, we appreciate that. And I'm going to try to read Chris's book he mentioned because he mentioned it a the few 12 times. 12 Caesars? Now. The 12 Caesars. What's a good book, Richie? You got any? Honestly, I don't know if I've read five books my whole life, to be honest. I'm not like a book reader. I'm a book writer. Movies. Let's do five movies. I'm in the process of writing Mancuso's Dual and Tri-Life Theory. Oh, you guys forgot Very about good. that. Dual and Tri-Life. Dual and Tri-Life Theory. I'll give you a quick rundown of Mancuso's Dual and Tri-Life Theory, which turned out to be just a chapter of my original book, Code of Osuk. And later on, I said, this is important enough after to write this book. All by itself, there's the dual and tri-life. You are alive right now. You're with me. You're wide awake. But what else is going on? Somewhere else, you are in the sleep state. There are only a certain amount of souls to go around. Many more bodies, many more capsules, thanks to overpopulation. So in order to continue in the circle of life, one soul may exist in more than one body during the sleep state. So right now, your alternative body is in a sleep state in another dimension. Now, sometimes they get crossed during the times of sudden, uh, uh, sudden awakeness, like start, if you're startled while sleeping and you say, whoa, and you have this <laughs> little remnant of like, was I just like running for mayor somewhere or like, what the fuck? What? Last night in my dreams, I got a call from Joe Harcourt about a sad, bad situation. He gave me a call about like two o'clock in the morning. And when I woke up, I was like. Yo, I was just like hunting. Like I was just looking for something. I don't know what I was hunting. And then the phone rang. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And when I hung up the phone, I'm like, let me get back to hunt. Wait, what the fuck? Somewhere in the second life. There's something going on. These are had a now in my book, The Duel and the Tri-Life Theory, it's much, it's much more detailed. I'm giving you a basic rundown. So I'm not a book reader, but I'm a book writer. Very good. Very also, good. Ryan. Also very important. And the wallet's getting fatter and the wallet's getting tighter. All right. I'll also do some rhyming because that's just how I do it. And if you thought I was wrong, son, you blew it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, Chrissy. Any more questions? <laughs> rhyming all day. We, we might want to save it for next time. We're I got one hour and 30 minute mark. So listen, Shut Chris, up, yo. I have a request. Okay. Well, okay. Since the subject matter of this September 11th and uh, September 13th, David Gilmore concert. Perhaps we could just upload this, no sound effects, just put it straight to uh, yeah. straight to the people tonight. And then we have tonight. another one recorded from last Sunday that will be also available very soon this week. Maybe you could just do them both. Yeah. 
and uh, they'll both be available maybe tomorrow or we put the other one out on Wednesday. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so we have two new Fuck. episodes coming this week, including this one. Um, people, you've been more than kind, more than generous. And our next, uh, our next, uh, well, it probably won't be our next one, but we plan on setting up in Tsunami in a secret location inside Club Reverb, and hopefully we get a lot of interviews from a lot of different people. Maybe not super long interviews, but 15 minutes from here, 15 minutes from there, and, you know, a lot of punk rock, hardcore-related questions from guys that have been in the scene for a long time. We're going to get, get quality, and we're going to get quantity. Totally. I want to sit down a long time with Roger, certain people, and then a quick one, two, three with Toby. I mean, what are you going to talk about, vegan all day? Come on. Nikes? <laughs> Come on. What are we going to talk about, Nikes? All right. No, you know what we So mean. thank you guys. Keep sending your questions. Keep sending your... Mi- I, I got other questions that we'll get to next Post time. Podcast! PostAmericaPodcast oh, yeah, post at America. gmail.com. At PostAmericaPodcast on Instagram. You can uh, follow us on Facebook. The Facebook page has gotten some serious heat the last couple of weeks. Really? Yeah, it's getting some a lot more people following it. And oh, uh, thank you guys like for that. that. No, good heat. Good you know heat. what? We should give some free stuff away on that page. We should. We definitely should. Uh, everybody follow that. We have some contests coming up, some giveaways. We're going to have some merch in the f- in the future. We're going to have signed glossies from Mavro Baboon <laughs> available on the <laughs> Facebook page. So thank you, guys. Uh, keep listening. Subscribe and uh, rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps a lot when you do that. And uh, leave a comment. We'll see you all soon. Peace. We out of here. America Podcast. The Post America Podcast.